Welcome to the Cheyenne Vineyard Podcast, bringing you a message of hope for your everyday world. If you'd like to contact us, contact us at info at CheyenneVineyard.com. You can also find out more information about the Cheyenne Vineyard Church at CheyenneVineyard.com. Thank you and enjoy today's podcast. Thank you, Lord, for your presence. Lord, bless your people with a true spirit of repentance, with wisdom and revelation. Thank you, Jesus, you're building your church. Amen. So I, I feel like I need to say a few words um, about the solemn assembly. Um, maybe in, in light of the solemn assembly. Um, <clears throat> There, there was a lot of true, heartfelt uh, repentance at the solemn assembly. But I, I have to tell you this, that um, if, if you repented before the Lord for something, and you, you have not turned and done the thing that you hadn't been doing, or stopped doing the thing that you had been doing that you needed to stop, then you need to do that. Uh, because uh, when, when we repent before the Lord and, and we, we commit to, to either doing something new that we were leaving undone, or we commit to not doing something that we had been doing that we need to not do, when, when we fail to follow through, what happens is our heart becomes hard. In, and and we, we begin to fall into a deception. Because in, in our mind, we think, well, well, yes, I've dealt with that. Uh, because you you did something you you did the first step but you're you're in deception because you haven't followed through and actually obeyed the lord and what we're after is to to see the lord raise up a people who love him who cleave to him who walk in his ways, who, who have a heart that is soft before him so that when he speaks something to it, we, like David, we immediately say, yes, Lord, and we, we change. That's because it, it's that, it's, it's God raising up a people like that who will release his blessing in, into the city. And, and we, we need this, we need God to do that thing in every city in our land so that our, our land can be healed and be a place of blessing from the Lord once again. Second Chronicles seven fourteen tells us that is the prescription, and we we can't leave out any part of that. So we we did something that that was important in holding the solemn assembly and crying out to the Lord on behalf of the church in in our city, but we we can't leave any part of that undone. So I just, I felt like I needed to remind us of, of that. 
And <clears throat> the, the Lord has, has purpose in, in what he's doing in, in moving us from this place. Um, this, this is not uh, a move that I would choose of, of my, my own self. Uh, but, as I was telling Randy this week, I, I have no doubt that two years from now, we will look back with, with great gratitude and joy and thankfulness to the Lord for what he did that, that we don't completely understand right now. And I, I see this as uh, an opportunity, uh, like Billy was saying uh, when she shared, that this is an opportunity for us as a body to humble ourselves. It, it is. And as, as we are able to do that, with, with joy and, and gratitude, then the Lord is, is going to bless us. That, that is, is the truth. And I was telling another pastor <clears throat> this, this past week when we had our um, monthly meeting, uh, I know that we're in, when you are in the will of God, there are only upgrades. When, when, you're, when you're being obedient and you're in the will of God, there are only upgrades in, in the kingdom. Now, <laughs> to put that in context, Job, the, the book of Job, is is a story of promotion. Uh, it is. Uh, Job ended up at the end of, of the book. And most theologians believe it was actually the first book written of, of the Bible. Job ended up at the end of that book, in, in a place of not only greater blessing, but of, of so much deeper revelation of, of God, who God is and, and God's ways. And, you know, I, I, would, I would bet that if any of us, and, and, and we will get to talk to Job one, one day, uh, when we ask him, would, would you choose to go through it again? Uh, he would unhesitatingly say yes. So, this thing of promotion in the kingdom, it doesn't always look like promotion right away. But I, I want to share a word that um, somebody had Wednesday night during prayer. The Lord says, hear the groan from the neighborhood. The groan is for the manifested sons of God. Are you coming? Go, and you will hear my heart. You will hear my heart cry. My heart cry for this city. Lord, help us hear the groan. May all who enter know how welcomed they are. May they know the comfort and peace and hope that abides just like sitting at your kitchen table sharing a cup of coffee. 
Lord, let us let us hear the groan of the city, of the neighborhood. May your name be honored in us, in, in this city. And we, we honor God in, in difficulty <clears throat> by not coming into agreement with self-pity. Don't do that. Continue to walk in faith, in difficulty. Walk in faith that God loves you, that he is completely for you, that he is bringing about his purposes in your life. And you don't have it as bad as Job had it. <laughs> At least I, I don't think anybody here does. Uh, well, <clears throat> I, I knew we would get to this part of Deuteronomy 11. And uh, you may wish that you'd worn steel-toed boots this morning. Because I expect I'll be stepping on a lot of toes. But there, there is purpose for stepping on toes. We're, um, <clears throat> we're in the process, uh, I am in the process, of, of sharing with you uh, this vision of the church that God wants that he shared with me 16 years ago. And during the sabbatical reminded me that uh, we, we hadn't really addressed this yet as, as a church. So I, I believe that, this, that, that we are the people that this revelation was for, even though I got it 16 years ago. So last week we looked at a, a fairly short passage I think 13 through 15. So if you faithfully obey the commands I am giving you today to love the Lord your God and to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul, then I will send rain on your land in its season, both autumn and spring rains, so that you may gather in your grain, new wine, and oil. And I will provide grass in the fields for your cattle, and you will eat and be satisfied. I'm going to just continue on with verse 16. Be careful, or you will be enticed to turn away and worship other gods and bow down to them. Then the Lord's anger will burn against you, and he will shut the heavens so that it will not rain, and the ground will yield no produce. And you will soon perish from the good land the Lord is giving you. Fix these words of mine in your hearts and minds. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Teach them to your children talking about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates 
so that your days and the days of your children may be many in the land that the Lord swore to give your forefathers, as many as the days that the heavens are above the earth. If you carefully observe all these commands I am giving you to follow, to love the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways, and to hold fast to him, then the Lord will drive out all these nations before you, and you will dispossess nations larger and stronger than you. Every place where you set your foot will be yours, from the desert to Lebanon, and from the Euphrates River to the Western Sea. No man will be able to stand against you. The Lord your God, as he promised you, will put the terror and fear of you on the whole land, wherever you go. And it goes on to, to give the choice, the, the blessing and the curse uh, in the next passage. <clears throat> but it's, it's interesting. Has anyone been over to Israel? Who's here? Uh, is it primarily a lush... Um, productive place or primarily something else? <laughs> right. It's, it's interesting that, that today, uh, Ed was there in 1987, you said? Yeah. Uh, you could see the the result of of this promise when when the children of Israel went there it was a land flowing with milk and honey meaning it was it was lush and and there were early rains and and late season rains so that there was abundance of of produce but because they, they served other gods, they, they turned their back on the Lord. The, the land has, has become what the Lord said it would if, if that happened. And, and it remains that uh, right now. Well, what I want to talk to you about today is, uh, is not so much the part of the passage that deals with idolatry. And, and we do need to be careful about idolatry. Where, where is your trust? Is, is your trust in your own ingenuity and abilities and creativity? Is your trust in someone else? Taking care of you is your trust in bank accounts and investments and things of this world, or is your trust primarily in the Lord our God? We each have to answer that question. When when you have some downtime and and you uh, you can unwind and relax. Uh, what do you do? Do you worship the Lord and come into his presence and enjoy time just with him? Or are there other things that, that steal that time from you? Right. If, if we want to be the light of the world... We, we must position ourselves in front of the one who is the light of the world so that when we go out into the world, we can reflect his light. So <clears throat> what, what I want to focus on today and and I, I really think this is, this is critical for the Lord raising up uh, 
a, a more full expression of his church than, than maybe what we have ever seen. The, the family unit is, is the building block of, of the church. The, the family unit is the building block of society, of culture. Uh, the, the Lord has plans for each family represented in this room, even if you're a one-person family, because that makes things a lot easier. It's, it's much easier for your family to be in agreement if you live alone. It's, it's not certain that you will be in agreement because you, you must not be double-minded. I, I have seen that way too often. And, and a double-minded person goes this direction, then they go this direction, and you know, you're just never sure where they're really headed. Uh, so it, like I said, it's easier, but it's not certain that that, that will be the case. But let's, let's look at what the Lord says here uh, to families. He, well, first of all, he's, he's really serious about this thing of writing things down. <laughs> Thanks, Shireen. <laughs> you know, he, he wanted them to write the law on little cards so they could put them in their phylacteries and, and wear them around their forehead or on, on their hand, on their wrist, uh, so they could always have some written law to look at, meditate on, remind themselves of God's Word. Well, we know, uh, since, since we're in the church age, we are post-Jesus life, death and, and resurrection, we, we have a better way. Uh, because he's, he's given us a new heart, and Hebrews 10, and Jeremiah, which is quoting Jeremiah 31, tells us that, that we've been given a new heart, and he's written his law on our heart. And, and that is by the indwelling of the Holy Spirit in us, that, that we, we know uh, deep within, deep in there, sometimes buried quite deeply, is the Spirit of the living God that, that knows at, at every turn what we should do. And part of our responsibility in, in maturing is, is to grow in our ability to understand what the Spirit of God with, within us is saying. As we, we all have this capacity, but we, we must develop that capacity. And, and we, we must not remain as, as babes in communicating with the Holy Spirit and receiving communication from the Holy Spirit. Uh, you know, most of us probably started to walk when, when we were one. And, and we, we stumbled a lot and we needed to hold on to things and... You know, if we, if we still walked as adults the same way that we did when we were learning to walk, there, there would be a problem. Well, when, when we're new believers, we, we have to get in touch with this new capacity, and, and we, we must grow in it. And, and the way that we grow in it is, is we... We understand what, what the Lord is saying, and then we do it. 
we, we discern what the Lord is saying, either to do or not to do, and then we obey. And, and then we, we grow a little bit. Every time that happens, we, we grow. And sometimes the Spirit of God says something to us, and we don't do it. And we take a step backwards. And our heart becomes a little harder instead of a little softer. And, and we need, need to be very careful that we don't go far down that road. Because some of us have. Some of us have experience of years of doing that. And, and so <clears throat> we need to not go there. But here, here is what, what I want to focus on, what, what the Lord was really uh, saying to me through this passage. Uh, and it's, it's about family responsibility. Because uh, this, this is a reality that if, if you have a, a husband and a wife and, and they both are born again, they are not necessarily a threat to the kingdom of darkness. The, the Lord would desire that every husband, wife, every family become a threat to the kingdom of darkness, but not all are. And how does that happen? How, how do we become a threat to the forces of darkness as a couple or as a family or even as an individual, uh, if you're an adult living without another adult in the home? Uh, this, this is, uh, I think, what the Lord really wants to speak to us about today. And this passage talks about the, the need to teach your children the ways of God. And, you know, most, most churches have children's ministry. We, we have children's ministry. And part of what we try to do in children's ministry is, is to teach the children some of the ways of God. But they can't do it all. Okay? <laughs> they, they help. But the, the reality is with, with children, particularly with youth, junior high and, and high school, young people, is much more is caught by them than taught to them by their parents. Because they, they see. They, they observe the actions of their parents. And, and, and they see. Um, and and, and I, I think this, this is part of the reason that the church in America is, is in the state that it's in is, is because there has been a lot of hypocrisy in the church among adults. And all of us have, have been a part of that to one degree or another in, in our own lives. But when, when children see their parents say one thing and do another, something happens to them. They, they see that, okay, they say this, but they do this, so this is not real. This is what's real, because this is what they do. And, and see, God looks at us in a similar way. Uh, 
A lot of adults, church adults, are, are proud of what they say they believe. But God says, I will reward each one according to what he has done. Not according to the doctrines that they subscribed to or said that they believed. Because, you know, it, it took me a long time to get this revelation. It was, it was about the time of, of this revelation that, that I realized that there, in, in my own life, there, there was a big disconnect between what I said I believed and what I actually did. And fortunately, at that time, my, my kids were not that old. I... I hadn't completely ruined them. <laughs> so the, the Lord began to deal with me uh, about the, the difference be, between the, my, my pride of having right theology and believing the right things and, and what I actually, the way I actually live my life. And things started to change because I, I acknowledged. Yes, Lord, you, you are right. Uh, I say this, I do this. I must say this and, and do this. And, and then, and when the kids see change, they, they know something's happening. Uh, they, they now know that Maybe what they were seeing wasn't the reality, and, and there, there may be a higher reality going on than what they had been seeing. So where, where I want to go with this is, is kind of the, the story of Gideon, okay? Because the, the story of Gideon... And, and we're, we're not going to go there to the book of Judges and, and, and read it all because it, it's kind of a long story. But Gideon was, was this guy who didn't really see himself as any super spiritual, uh, strong person who could really be used by God. Uh, he had, had been used to being stolen from by the Midianites, and he was hiding in a wine press, threshing out grain. <laughs> and the Spirit of the Lord comes to him and says, O oh, mighty man of valor. And, and Gideon is looking around to see if there's anybody else there, because it obviously can't be him that the Spirit of the Lord is speaking to but but it is and and he he hears the word of the lord and and obviously we we know from the story that he grew up in a family that was into idolatry and Baal worship even though they were part of Israel because one of the things that the lord tells Gideon to do is go break down that family altar to Baal. And Gideon, on, on the road to, to becoming uh, someone who could be used mightily by God, and on the road to bringing forth a family that could be mightily used by God. He, he hears the voice of the Lord, and he does it. He, he tears down the altar to Baal, and he makes a sacrifice to the Lord God instead. And, and, and this, this puts him at odds with the rest of his family. And in fact, if, if the Spirit of God had not been working on his behalf, things could have gone really badly 
for Gideon because the next day the people of the city come and they see the the big uh, idol for Baal worship is torn down. It's It's been burned and there's another altar here that somebody obviously has made a sacrifice on. And and they they say, who did this? Because we're going to kill him. And, and the amazing thing is that Gideon's father, because by, by Gideon's own obedience to what God said, he broke something in his whole family. He... He broke the power of Baal for his whole family. And instead of his father saying, it was my lousy son, let's go get him. He speaks forth the word of the Lord that, hey, if Baal is God, let him fight his own battles. And if he can't even do that, then let's serve the Lord God. And, I mean, that, that was a, a turnaround in one day for, for this family. Because what, what we see happening is we see God bring this family into agreement in, in following the will of the living God. And that's a big deal. Because this family that, that had yesterday had been no threat whatsoever to the forces of darkness, to the Midianites, to, to anybody, now, today, it's completely different. Everything's turned around. And, and you know the rest of the story of Gideon. He, he eventually goes up against the, the Midianite army with 300 guys, and I think there's 30,000 of them, uh, after a process of God really weeding out first anybody who didn't want to be there, and most of them scatter, and, and then... <laughs> narrowing it down to 300. But that was all just to show that it was the Lord. It, it, it wasn't Gideon who was going to save his people. It was a, a man who heard God and obeyed and broke something in, in his own family and through a, a series of obedient actions and, and faith, saw the nation delivered. So, how do we get there? Well, we, we have to hear the Lord. Thanks, Ed. Yeah, we, we have to hear the Lord. And, and we have to obey Him. And, and, and that's, that's got to be priority one. And, and we understand that from what we just looked at last week that, that pointed us forward to Matthew 6.33, that... If we seek first the Lord and his kingdom and righteousness, that he'll take care of our stuff. All these things will be given to you, provided for you. So, you know, it, it goes back to that idolatry thing. Gideon broke 
the the power of idolatry in in his family they they had been trusting in Baal up to that day they sacrificed to Baal it was it was part of their family part of what they did part of who they were and and in one day that was just broken no we're going to obey god instead So I haven't stepped on too many toes yet. But I'm about to. Okay? Because the, the family is, is where we learn to operate in love, forgiveness, mutual submission, Obedience to God together. So if if a family is is going to be a threat to the kingdom of darkness, there, there, there can't be this going on uh, between the adults. Uh, there's, there's got to be an understanding that you are for each other completely. There, there, there has to be a, a powerful walk of forgiveness. And, and a, a lack of picking up offense toward each other. And it's, it's where we learn to, to live the Christian life. So if, if there's still some friction... There's, there's still some sandpaper. Let it do its work on you. And don't worry about the other person. As you, you can only control your own heart and your own response. You can't do that for the other person. And and one of you has to be the mature one who who will start and say okay. I'm I'm going to treat my wife or my husband the way God says that I should treat everybody, really. And see, if if that doesn't start in the home, you can't really do it outside. You you can't really have, have this relationship that you are ultimately the, the most responsible to the Lord for in, in, in a mess and, and think that you can do all the others well. And as long as the enemy can, can keep that relationship in a mess, he's not afraid of you. Because he's got a little chain that, that he can just pull anytime he thinks there might be a threat. And, and boom, there's an explosion. Yank the chain, boom, there's an explosion. 
Some of you know what I'm talking about. If, if we're ever going to learn to love one another in, in the body, and, and we need to, then we got to first learn to love in our own home. And loving and serving in the home the, the way the Lord designed it to be. That, that the husband and wife, they, they submit to each other mutually. Because, uh, I mean, Joy and I, we've been together for a while now. And, you know, we've, we've learned over the years, it didn't take very long in some areas where, okay, you're in charge of that, and I'll be in charge of this. And it, it, it kind of has to be that way. Because hardly anybody is smarter at everything than another person. That's almost doesn't happen. And that's why we, we learn to submit to each other. We let each other lead in, in some ways, in some areas. So when, when this is happening in a family, there, there is mutual love, forgiveness, submission, that, that is teaching the next generation how life is supposed to be. It, it really is. More loudly, more clearly than having a Bible study every night after supper and trying to teach them things that you're not doing. Because we know that that just doesn't work. So, you know, my, my prayer for, for all of us is, is that our, our households would, would come into unity. In, in mutual submission to the Lord and mutual submission to each other. And <clears throat> see, I, I don't think this can be done without the Lord. Because I'm, I'm talking about something that is outside the realm of the natural man. Because a lot of people can be nice to a point. <laughs> I'm, I'm talking about getting past that point. Because real godly love goes beyond niceness. Because Sometimes real godly love has to say things that, that aren't real nice. But they have to be said. So, you know, we, we can't pretend that things that are, are not. But in faith we can see in the life of the other person the things that are not as though they are. And by truly loving them, you can speed the process of getting there. So that what is not today 
becomes true and real. And, and so, how, how do we get there from here? There's, there's a picture um, in the Old Testament of, of morning and evening sacrifice. That was daily. That, that the people would would come to the Lord with offerings morning and evening. The, the priests would, would offer those daily. There's, there's a picture in that, that that I think we need to implement in, in our own homes. That, see, this, what we do all together on, on Sunday, this should not be anybody's primary place of worship. Let me say that again, just so you understand. Because most of my life growing up, and until I got this revelation, uh, this, this was the only place of worship. Okay, because that, that's just how we do things. I, I know how church works. This, we, we go there and, and we do this thing called worship because they call it a worship service. And I go home and I did my worship for the week. No, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> no, it, that's not how it's supposed to be. We... Our homes are, are supposed to be the primary place of worship for us. And, and I, will, I will tell you this, that if, if you begin to implement that and, and try to have a time of worship together, at least with your spouse and possibly with, with your whole family, at least once a day, you won't be able to hold on to a lot of the crap that you may be holding on to right now. Because <laughs> if you actually try to come into the presence of the Lord together, he's going to say, you remember that thing? <laughs> that, that's as far as you get, as long as you hold on to that thing. <laughs> but if, if you want to come closer, let's, let's deal with that thing. And, and get rid of it. And then come on. Because he is for us. He, he wants this to take place. I mean, he, he wanted a whole nation of families where, where the power of God was being displayed in, in the family. And and they, they didn't have to think about all the things that God did when he took the nation out of Israel hundreds of years ago because uh, they, they could see God at work right now. At least weekly. So, I didn't bring anything up here with a time on it today. <laughs> and I can't read that clock because those lights are too bright. Well, that was... This is a huge part of, of this revelation out of Deuteronomy 11 and 12. If, if we're going to be the people of God... It's, it's got to start in our family. And, and I, think, I think the Lord would, would have us 
um, um, do something today because there, I know there are some people here who have a spouse who needs to be saved. So, um, you know, I don't want to embarrass anybody, but I feel like this is what, what the Lord wants to do. Uh, that if, if, if you need prayer for a spouse to either come to the Lord or come back to the Lord or start walking with the Lord, would you mind standing up? And I, I want to have some people gather around these people. And, and pray. Uh, you, you can ask them the name of that that person that you're praying for, and and just just agree, because according to the New Testament, salvation is for a household, and this morning. I want to see that thing that is not as though it was. And, and we want to pray it in, into being. So go ahead. And I'm going to pray over every family in in this place right now. Father, I thank you that your your desires for us and our families are all good. That you have plans for our families. And Father, as, as husbands and wives repent of, of not loving each other unconditionally, I ask for a release of grace to truly love and appreciate each other unconditionally. And Father, I, I pray for each household represented in this place that that you'd bring them into unity under Christ as the head. Lord, that where there's salvation needed in a household, that you would reveal yourself. And you'd bring salvation, healing, and deliverance. Lord, I pray you'd heal strained relationships, that you'd bring husbands and wives in, into unity and uh, alignment, that children would see your kingdom coming in the lives of their parents, and, and they would see the reality of you, the reality of who you are. So, Lord, I ask for your blessing on each household in this body. That as you teach us how to love in our household, how to submit to you in our household, that we would love one another. We would submit to one another. We would serve one another for the glory of your Son. Jesus' name.
Thanks for being the hands of the Lord for each other today. We'll have uh, the prayer ministry team up here afterward if you need prayer for anything else. So try that family worship time this week and see what a blessing that is. Be blessed.